0: Roar. Welcome to Wine Connoisseurs Rex Podcast from Psalm for the Day. It's another podcast that, like all other podcasts, is different than the rest. This is a podcast for people who like wine, want to like wine, or actually stop liking wine because people can be too annoying about it. I'm your host, Edward Kuhnley. and now it's time for another episode of Wine Connoisseurs Rex. All right, jumping into another episode. This one will probably be called Believe. Uh, For the next 20 to 30 minutes, we are going to go on a super fun journey here uh, that allows me to do two of my favorite things when I talk. Uh, And you'll realize I do this very often. One, I use analogies. It helps me, and hopefully it helps you, but it's so fun to just connect it to something that I can truly grasp Uh, whether it's part of my life or otherwise, because that then ties into part two, which is, I love to reference pop culture stuff. Maybe not so much as my friend Craig, who is a pop culture genius, but I'll say it's, it's, uh, it's pretty regular that I will incorporate it. So today, uh, in honor of the very soon to be released, although it may be released by the time you hear this, uh, season three of Ted Lasso holy smokes this couldn't be a more perfect time and topic so remember this is obviously a wine podcast first and foremost uh, so i will try to be a little heavier on the wine throughout uh, not just drinking it but talking about it but I love Ted Lasso. I just finished watching it again for the second or third time. Some of the episodes four or five times, especially the holiday episode, which is just so fun and joyful. Um, But this could end up being a nice 50-50 blend. Um, But we will still follow the normal structure here. So we're going to go through some details about what's in my glass. Dive into Ted Lasso and wine. Have a little... uh, lesson if you will educational segment towards the end and of course the wrap-up uh so i'm excited about this one because like i said it's ted lasso we're we're in the middle of uh the launch for season three like i said but also um the day that ted lasso comes out is the day that I am hosting the first ever Psalm for the Day virtual wine tasting that will uh, happen pretty regularly. Uh, it is a little bit different than what I do for the normal Psalm for the Day work, uh, but nonetheless, this is going to be a fun one to kind of bring some, uh, some guests together, some friends, family, all sorts of folks from all over, really, uh, the eastern half of the United States. Uh, so that drove me to pour something to tell you about that is in my glass. So what am I drinking? Right now, I am drinking the GD Vira Lange Nebbiolo. And why did I pick that? Well, for the tasting tomorrow, I am doing a region versus region tasting. It is comparing the Piemonte or the Piedmont region where this Nebbiolo is from, uh, comparing it to a smaller part of the rhone valley in france also known as chateau neuf de pop and it would have been really fun to do the chateau neuf de pop but i'm recording this right around lunchtime and drinking a 15 plus percent alcohol uh, wine before a very busy afternoon may have it might have been a blast who knows but i decided on the nebbiolo uh, because it was also a fun wine to talk about because as i go through these uh, what's in my glass segments i really want to take you through the the cheaper, the more expensive, all sorts of different things. So it's not just about what this wine is, but what this wine can mean when you're staring at a wine shelf at the store. So uh, for those of you that are listening to this audio only, uh, we are talking about a red wine. Nebbiolo is a red grape uh, or black grape, depending on the education system you are using, but it is a, a black grape red wine out of the Piedmont region. And this one is called Langa. Uh, and Langa is almost like saying a wine is from California versus Napa or Sonoma. It's just a broader region. Um, many of you may know Nebbiolo out of this region more uh, in Barolo or Barbaresco. Amazing, amazing little towns that produce phenomenal versions of Nebbiolo. This one is also fantastic. I was writing my notes up last night and enjoying a, a small pour of it. but this is uh, a great wine because it allows you to try. Piemonte red wines that are not Barbera, um, but are also not Barolo and Barbaresco hundreds of dollars potentially. Yes, you can get Barolos for cheaper these days, but to get a really fantastic Barolo is going to set you back $75, 100 150 bucks, if not more, and probably a few years of waiting. This one I got on Wine.com for $26.99. And what I also love about it is amongst all the wines that we're pouring tomorrow night, this one doesn't have a score. So it allows me to just kind of go into it and tell you what I think of it without being consciously or unconsciously uh, impacted by what some of the great minds of the wine world actually think about it. But like I said, super fun, red wine, bright red fruit, just really delicious Uh, tannic, but not as tannic as a Barolo would be. And what I mean by tannic, for those that are wondering, that's that um, grippiness in your mouth almost feels like you have sweaters on your teeth kind of experience. And uh, Barolo is, uh, Barolo's and Barbaresco's are known for being insanely, insanely tannic, especially as they are younger. Uh, there are Barolo's that shouldn't be drunk for 20 to 50 years. So this is a 2021 Nebbiolo from Lange, and it is really great to drink right now. Yeah, it probably could use some time, um, but who cares? I literally poured this out of the bottle, out of the Coravin, five to ten minutes ago, so it hasn't had a chance to open up, and it is still really, really nice. And for those of you that are wondering, Edward, what glass do you have that in? I have this in the Riedel New World Pinot Noir glass. That is because this is a nice, beautiful, aromatic red that has some body to it, and we really want to get all of the different aromas that are coming out of this wine that the huge bowl with the tulip uh, rim will allow to enhance that particular wine. So all Nebbiolos uh, go into this. Um, Also new world Pinot Noir, obviously Pinot Noir is going to go in there. Sparkling wines, Gamay. Uh, So it runs the gamut of really fun, light in appearance, but beautifully aromatic red wines and sparkling wines that can go into this glass. Also, if you just really, Need to put a lot of wine into a glass and don't care about the pour amount. This thing holds like eighteen ounces, so you could get about three quarters of a two thirds or three quarters of a bottle of wine into this glass. So for efficiency purposes, also great for that. Uh, and like I said, what what could you do? How could you have a cheaper or more expensive version of this? We already talked a little bit about the more expensive versions. You could go get something that says Bar- Barolo or Barbaresco on the on the bottle. Um, that is. Listing the region, it is the Nebbiolo grape. If they list that, it will be a hundred percent Nebbiolo. I've yet to come across a Nebbiolo blend, and if anybody has one out there, I'd love to try it because it would be weird. Um, if you get something from Alba or Asti, it will be Barbera di Alba, Barbera di Asti. So those are other delicious reds, uh, high alcohol, really well managed alcohol red wines. That would be a more likely cheaper version of um, Barolo or Barbaresco. Um, in terms of drinking a Piemonte wine, very different wine experiences, richer, um, darker, but nonetheless, fantastic. There's also great white wines out of Piemonte that I'm not going to talk about today because I'm talking about Nebbiolo. Um, but those are different ways to try wines and Nebbiolo's, uh, starting to get outside of the Piemonte. So you can also just look up some Nebbiolo's around the world. Uh, but 95% will be from that particular region. So that's what's in my glass. GD Vira, Longa Nebbiolo 2021, Produto in Italia. That means produced in Italy. And cheers to what's in my glass. So now we're going to dive into the topic at hand, Ted Lasso and wine. This probably seems a bit selfish of me to pick two things I love, but I don't really care because it makes it that much more fun for me to talk about it and hopefully makes it that much more enjoyable for you to listen that I didn't have to do hours of research to make sure that we had a good time. But ultimately, I feel like one of two things needs to happen. I'm either going to need multiple episodes dedicated to Ted Lasso, especially as we head into season three and the unknowns that come with that, or introduce a Ted Lasso segment to most episodes. So we'll see what happens, but today's episode is dedicated to the great Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso, Amazing Apple TV show. So I'm going to open with a Ted Lassoism, uh, also known as a quote. I always thought tea was going to taste a lot like hot brown water. And do you know what? I was right. And this is so fitting for all of Psalm for the Day and Juan Conosaurus Rex topics. Just because entire countries like something or groups of people or know something doesn't mean you have to like it or know it. And that's where we start. Everybody is coming from a different basis of knowledge, experience, education. I mean, this isn't just in the wine world. It is across the board, but this is a wine podcast, so we'll stick to the wine part of it, Uh, but we're going to start at the beginning of Ted Lasso and the wine journey. I'm always trying to give people a chance to feel comfortable in the world of wine. If there is wine in the glass, we have made progress. So how does that have anything to do with Ted Lasso? Well, Ted has a background in coaching, but never with soccer. What he does have is a willingness to learn. And along the way, over the first two seasons, uh, especially at the beginning of the first season, he has plenty of doubters who try to make him feel stupid. He is often called a wanker. And is made fun of for his inability to know anything related to specifically to AFC Richmond or how soccer slash football is handled in England or really anywhere on earth. Didn't even know what offsides was still kind of struggles with it. But he also has a friend who will connect the unknowns of soccer to the knowns of life in American football. And that's Coach Beard. As you'll see Coach Beard in many episodes, in many scenes, he is reading more and more to educate himself and not just do it for himself, but to do it for those around him. So consider me your Coach Beard, but also your Ted Lasso, because I like to goof around and have some fun. But... You don't need to be as detail-oriented on the education of wine if you've got someone who's going to go along the path with you to just help fill in some of the gaps. But ultimately, it's up to you as to whether or not you like what you're learning. So as they go through it, as Beard works with Ted Lasso, they maintain certain traditions and approaches. And Ted always knows that he has a foundation of some sort of knowledge. He didn't enter coaching for the first time. He simply entered the world of British football coming from Kansas, American football. So the question is easily asked right at the beginning. How can someone who knows nothing about soccer somehow succeed at all? And this is where wine comes in. You eat, you drink, and you live life. You have a foundation to be capable of knowing more about wine. Whether or not you choose to know more about wine is one thing, but having the foundation to be capable of learning about it is already in place, really. I'm not saying you don't know a lot about wine, and quite honestly, there are probably some of you on here who know more than I do. But first, it is about the fundamentals and the foundation of learning and being ready to learn. So I studied wine for 20 years, but I finally... Decided to go through a certification process about three or four years ago and went for WSET Wine Spirit and Education Trust level one, which is something that you don't even have to take to take level two. You can simply just move right into level two. But I thought, let's just see what the fundamentals are. And my favorite moment in one of my first wine classes was asked by a very smart WSET diploma, just great wine mind. He asked the question while holding up a glass of wine. What color is this wine? And surely you can imagine what the answers were. Oh, it's brick red. It's it's got a purplish hue at the and he's after a few seconds he stopped everybody and he said, "Is it red or is it white?" And we all laughed. But he said, In "Level 2, level 3 diploma, you'll get into more and more about what exactly is this shade of red or what shade of it What shade of white is it? But for the purpose of what we were learning, he was trying to highlight the fact that by identifying the fact that it was a red wine, it limited us to really less than half of the wines in the world. It's the process of deduction. And I'm sure you're all saying, yeah, I know what deduction is. But guess what? You now have a fundamentally critical piece of knowledge to successfully navigate wine. And Ted knew how to coach and win. He just needed the language, so he starts broad and works his way in. Of course, he's going to get frustrated along the way, but ultimately, he is being given the different pieces of information to ensure that when he speaks to the team and he speaks to the press, he starts to use the right language, but he also doesn't care early on when he calls the field the pitch a field. He laughs when he learns that you can uh, make a whole sentence just by basically using the word boot. But most importantly, he comes in with a foundational knowledge that he can function in the space because he has basic skills. So he starts broad and he works his way in. So I mentioned earlier about the color of wine. Is it red or is it white? So then the next question, oh, what aromas are you getting? Oh, I'm getting stewed strawberry. No, you, you might be. But let's start a little higher. Are you getting red fruit? Are you getting black fruit? Are you getting blue fruit? Okay, so you're getting red fruit. What kind of red fruit? Is it cherry? Is it really a red cherry? Or is it a black cherry? Now we can get into things like, does it smell like it's uh, sitting out in the sun a little bit? Does it smell like it came out of a pie? Or does it smell like someone may have picked it a little bit early? Are you getting the aromas and the textures of the juice and the pulp or the skin? Is this playing a role in the tannins? Is it tart? Not Jamie tart, but tart or sweet so that you can work your way in and use deduction to get there and build that knowledge on top of the knowledge that you already have. And also ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I mean, it's it's a matter of how you learn. And it's tough as we're, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. We're constantly feeling like we should probably know more than we do, so maybe we're afraid to ask questions. Now's the time to ask, and that is how I actually function in Psalm for the day. I don't know what you like. I don't know what you know. The only way I'm going to find out about you is using my fundamental ability to ask a question and ask the right questions to find out the answers that will help build out the right answer. So here's the fun part after I take a sip of wine. Mm. There's graphite in there. How do I know there's graphite in there? Because I've smelled a pencil before. There's actually not graphite in there. There's aroma compounds of graphite. We'll get to that later. So here's the fun part as I said. Ted didn't know a 4422 from a 704, but he knew how to put the game into his own words once he started to learn the lay of the land. And another quote that I loved. I do love a r- locker room. It smells like potential. Sometimes we don't all get the same aromas, but what we can do, just like Ted Lasso did, was we can describe the experience in our own words, in our own sounds. You don't need to know what bramble or juniper smell like, necessarily. It's nice to know, especially if some famous, awesome critic like Jeb Dunnick says, oh, it smells like bramble. Okay, I don't know what the hell bramble smells like. I should probably figure that out. Or I don't know what juniper smells like. But it's uh nice to know, but you can just as easily speak in analogies. That is literally what a, ri- a wine aroma is. It is a wine. It is an analogy. There are no actual cherries in your wine. There's no dill in your wine unless you had dill in your salad and now it's in your wine because it that's we're not going to go down that path. But you're smelling aroma compounds that smell like those things. So what is your nose and mouth tell you? Go read go to wine.com. Look up Any wine, find something that is rated by multiple critics. Don't worry about what they scored. Read the description. Inevitably, one of them will use a descriptor that the other one does not. Because they're human and they are giving you the tastes and aromas that they're experiencing. That yes, there will be some considerable overlap. But those overlaps are going to exist in things like, yes, this is a red wine that has tannin, that has acid. And then where their senses take them is what is really happening. Just because Ted Lasso did not know that soccer was called football, just because he didn't know that a field was called a pitch or that cleats were called boots, doesn't mean that they weren't still things. They still functioned. They The game could, st- excuse me, the match could still happen. The practice or the training could still happen. Just because the terminology that was used was different, and where I'm going with this is just because you say bramble or red cherry, if you like it, if that's what you experience, then you're right. Just because Ted Lasso didn't, couldn't say pitch right away doesn't mean that the field disappears or the pitch disappears. They can get out on it. They can be frustrated that the language doesn't make sense, but ultimately at the core of it, it was the rectangular grass area that they were kicking a ball around. That is either whether you call it a pitch or a field or a plot of land, that's where they were playing soccer. And that's why it's so important to trust the fact that you are you. This is this. There's wine in front of you. Whether anybody tells you you're supposed to like it or not, whether anybody tells you you're supposed to smell something in it or not, if you or do or do not experience those things, that's your experience. But if you take the opportunity to learn what some of those words are and then apply them accordingly, you're building your wine knowledge. So that's something that always should be considered when you're feeling a little bit intimidated. Maybe you're having a grape you've never had before. Guess what? It's a grape and it was fermented and it has alcohol in it unless it's a non-alcoholic wine. It is fundamentally something you've experienced before. You could take a glass of wine that you've had 100 times in the 101st. Something's going to be different. Maybe you're getting over COVID, so your senses are a little bit off. Maybe you're standing outside versus inside. Maybe it's cold versus warm. There's so many different things that are going to still impact it. And you've just gotten older. You've changed. Your experiences have changed. But fundamentally, you have the ability to understand what's going on in your glass and decide whether or not you experience something, whether or not you like it. So I'm going to give you a final Ted moment. I will say spoiler alert. This does happen towards uh, the middle of season two and there's a play they call. So I'm going to give everybody five seconds or less to get off the podcast. If you don't want the spoiler. Okay. The play is called park the bus on the surface. It seems like a stupid play based at least based on what the professional commentators are saying, they're trying to score, they're trying to win, and the play means that they all fall back and just stand on defense. And it takes a minute to come together, but ultimately, it works. There's your spoiler. This is like smelling your wine a little bit longer than everybody else is, maybe swirling it a little bit differently, or you're scared to swirl it because somebody's never showed you how to do it. Just figure it out, don't spill the spill the wine. You can see my reel on that. You could even come back to it later, or better yet, It's like the longer process of learning. What seems elementary and almost wrong today helps you set yourself up for success later. You're learning through different experiences and then something's going to click and a rush of new knowledge enters your brain and new connections are made. Or in the instance of park the bus, uh, a human made an error and it allowed the team to break through the defensive line, run down the field, score a goal. Something always is going to change that will allow you to potentially experience it differently. And as I said earlier, having wine in the glass is the first big win. None of this happens if you don't have the wine in the glass. You can't swirl an empty well, You can swirl an empty glass, but it's going to have a glass aroma. It's not going to have a wine aroma. So this is uh, you know, step one: get the wine in the glass. Step two: see if you like it. Uh, but knowing what a pro thinks or what I think or what anybody else thinks is great. But they're not the one that's drinking your wine. You are. So it's about applying your knowledge to your experience. And I will tell you, wait until you see. For those of you that do sign up and hire me for a song for the day experience, some of the notes you'll get. I will give you an experience I've got for tomorrow night. Um, By the time you hear this, anybody that's in the experience tomorrow night will have already heard it. But... I describe an aroma as sort of like the magic eye. I couldn't find it right away. All I could smell were the fruits in those primary fruits. Um, I couldn't smell the oak. And then I kept breathing and then I breathed in so hard. It was almost like I broke through. Like I refocused my eyes. I refocused my aroma, my nose. And all I could smell after that was the oak aromas, some dill, some baking spice. I almost couldn't find the fruit anymore. But How often are you reading a wine note that says a magic eye? I just came up with that. It just makes sense to me. That's how I think. It's how I process things. It's my analogy. It allows me to put it in the context of what I know. So put your experience into what you know, and you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun than being worried about what somebody else thinks. Because if ultimately the ball goes in the goal, the wine goes in the glass, that is all it needs to be for you. Letting someone talk you out of whether or not you're supposed to like it seems pretty silly to me. So that's Ted Lasso and wine. So I hope you believe in yourself and that you're capable of learning more and building upon what you know, but trusting your senses and trusting yourself more than you need to even trust me or anybody else. I just hope you trust to listen to more podcasts after this. So now we're going to head into the lesson of the day. It's a short one. It's a simple one. And I think everybody is capable of this, uh, as long as you go to the grocery store. So Juliet may be uh, out on this one. She hates shopping, but I absolutely love it. So this is an experience I constantly have. So we talked a lot about aromas and aroma compounds. Those compounds, although there's no cherries in your wine, the compounds that make that aroma exist are the same compounds that are in cherries. That's why you get the smell. It is not cherry juice. Again, this is just the aroma compound. Guess where you can smell those aromas? at the grocery store or at the farmer's market. So go to the store. Next time you're there, go to the produce department, go to the spice section, go find some of these aromas. If you can actually access it with your nose, just by walking by it, by all means do it. Obviously I don't want anybody opening seasonings that are sealed shut, but go down these aisles and start to smell things. When someone says they smell juniper and cherries, go figure out what those actually smell like. Take in the aromas of the world around you. If something smells like meat, go smell meat. If someone smells, who knows, let's see. If someone says it smells like graphite, like I mentioned earlier, go smell a pencil. What does slate smell like? Go smell your patio after it rains. What does boysenberry smell like? I have no idea, actually. I've never even seen a boysenberry, and I think it's up there with schnozzberries, as things that may exist in somebody's head but don't actually exist in a farm. But when we learn all of these things, it will help when down the road we're going to have an episode that we talk about pairings and the process of pairings, and it will make all of this make a whole lot more sense. So we've had a lesson with how to go to the grocery store and sniff things and hopefully not get in trouble when you do it. We've talked about a delicious Nebbiolo that you can pick up from wine.com for only under 30 bucks. And at most stores around you you can, at any wine shop, they're going to have a, a Longa Nebbiolo that you can go pick up for under $30 and experience all there is to love about the Piemonte region of Italy. And we had a really wonderful conversation. Well, it was really just one way, although I'm sure somebody spoke to the podcast after they listened to this, but we chatted about Ted Lasso and the comparison of Knowing just enough to be dangerous and building upon that as a fundamental basis to succeed in learning about wine. As always, I will catch you next time. I look forward to sharing another glass of wine with you all, maybe a segment on Ted Lasso, but keep an eye out for the next great podcast. And also look out for my next podcast because, you know, we'll have some fun. Well, thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and YouTube at psalm underscore four underscore the underscore day and Twitter and Facebook with fewer underscores but plenty of fun content. And also, whenever you want to have the most fun, super custom, unfancy or fancy wine experience, be sure to give me a call. I'll make you the psalm for the day. Cheers.